Hi folks, this is Rich Larson. Join me every Thursday night at 7 p.m. for The Weekly List, a collection of songs and stories based on something happening that week or really whatever is on my mind. That's The Weekly List, Thursday nights at 7, right here on 95.1 KYMN, The One. Or, excuse me, a Wednesday morning, we have uh, Mayor Pownell and City Administrator uh, Marnig joining us right now. Is it Thursday? <laughs> is it Thursday? Come it's on. Tuesday. It's Wednesday. Defeat days. Yes, it is. Defeated Jesse James days are, yes. uh, will start in about four hours and ooh, 37 minutes. Yeah. Did you see that Back to the Future like video that came out? No. I mean, I, you it know, might gone time change. You know, you know, it might not be Tuesday, Jeff. <laughs> Folks. Paul Ryland at Ryland Johnson Homes had the uh, uh, whole Back to the Future thing going on. And maybe I got transported in a DeLorean. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Defeat Days are here. Yes. Let's celebrate, shall we? That's right. You, are you busy over the uh, weekend, Mayor? No. Not. <laughs> but I, okay, I hear our town is going to be full. It's of going people. to be. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, well, we we don't need to talk about that. It'll take care of itself. Let's uh, move on to a council meeting that yeah. happened on Tuesday. Tuesday's yes. in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you had, uh, uh, you want to start off by talking right at the beginning, you uh, swore in a new officer. That's yeah. always a thrill for the officer and the yeah. family and, and a good time for the, uh, uh, good thing for the city of Northfield. Yeah, so it was great. I mean, a, a lot of communities are, are struggling, right? I would say to fill some of their key positions within their city, and that includes their police departments, but we were really fortunate to be able to recruit and have Officer Bulkin agree to come on our Norfield Police Officer staff, and she's going to be great. Uh, she has a history in, uh, gosh, what is it, um, physical fitness training and worked with people with developmental needs, and she's been uh, doing some phase. There's a couple different phases that they have to go in before they are released into their full duties as a police officer and so you will probably see her riding around town and uh, one of our squads with another officer that's doing some training but we welcome her she's going to be a wonderful addition to our department so if you see her out and about wave give her a good old Norfield sort of friendly welcome to our city it's great to have her on let's talk it you got an update on the uh Racial Equity Action Plan. This has been part of the uh, strategic plan, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, where are you at in that process? Where's, what was the update? Yeah, so we had uh, Beth Callistead, who's helping lead that, uh, came in and gave an update uh, from our adopted uh, racial equity plan that was approved in 2020. Uh, so highlighted some of the things we've been working on, including uh, focusing on this past year on some staff training uh, that we've had uh, related to equity and diversity training, uh, some language and translation and interpretation. Uh, we've had a, a halftime position now um, who's been doing translations, really been extremely beneficial to our organization to have that additional service, and it's crossed over into some of our departments to help out on customers that we've interacted with as well. So uh, that's been a positive. Human Resources has been doing some work related to Mm-hmm. Um, working on recruitment, new recruitment strategies. We've learned some things from other partners in the community of other places to maybe post positions um, to try and recruit a diverse workforce. And uh, we've been working with our uh, school district and uh, with HCI related to another, you know, other community partners on racial and ethnic equity collaborative 
um, focused on a few areas with that group, including housing, employment, uh, workforce issues, and then just building awareness. And uh, so there's been some planning going on with those groups and some work and more to come forward with that. But uh, it's been active and a good update from, from Beth on our racial equity work. All right. Yes, yes. Mayor. I'm holding my finger. Oh, sorry. Just just wait. <laughs> Don't move on without me. Uh, just with regards to anything that we do, whether it's climate or racial equity, the benefit of having such excellent skill sets and uh, knowledge out there within our community is when we collaborate. And so this uh, diversity, equity, inclusion uh, collaborative with HCI, our school district, really provides that opportunity that rather than working in silos, on these different initiatives, we bring people together and we really have that opportunity where we can learn from one another and implement far more holistically across the city rather than each entity just doing their own thing. And so I just really want to highlight that again. That is something that is pretty important to me regardless of what the issue is, whether it be racial equity, climate, or any other sort of initiative that we're working on. The more that we can do this together as a city, the, the greater the likelihood that we will make sustained progress in moving any issue forward. So just thanks to everybody that's working on that. All right, let's move on to the regular agenda. The first item was uh, uh, about the uh, 2022 Millen Overlay projects over kind of on the northwest side of town. And uh, from what I understand, there was so there were it drew some comments from the crowd and from the people who live in that area. Yeah, so which this, it always is going to. Yeah. They care about their neighborhood, right? And uh, technically, I mean, it was um, there. Are, there's a lot going on in the northwest area of the city. We have the Paulson Project uh, or Craywood Project. I think we had several members from the community that were there, and uh, that project is adjacent to both Greenville Avenue and Lincoln Parkway. While those two roads are not necessarily uh, part of the northwest area feasibility plan uh, for the mill and overlay next year, definitely the whole area over there in terms of traffic and safety needs, I think, has been a highlight uh, the past few months of ish whenever something comes before the city council we're asking those questions we just had the new greenville elementary open up over there and the community school is over there and so seeing the traffic patterns and how we get kids from one neighborhood to another safely around that whole area has really been a focus and so a lot of, in addition to identifying the different roadways that would be receive updates, uh, were some sidewalk and trail updates to make sure that our roadways and right-of-ways are safe for not only motorists, but our bikers, our walkers, our moms and dads pushing strollers. We see lots of them. Or people at the other age of the spectrum where they're behind a walker and uh, getting out and getting their walk-in for the day. So we see a lot of activity over there. And so a lot of the uh, recommendations that came uh, last night, it's a feasibility study, that's what we were voting on, would included some of those updates, I would say, the trails, the sidewalks, the pedestrian accessibility of the whole area. So That planning process, uh, we're glad we're only in early September, uh, right now, so it's not going to be finalized for uh, 
a little while anyway, but what, what is the timeline for that? When will we start firming up the plans, taking all that input and putting it uh, to paper and then to the streets? Yeah, so Mr. Bennett, our, our city engineer, indicated it'd either be somewhere probably the end of the year or early next year that we'd be finalizing those plans and then going out to bid for spring. We really want to be bidding in the early early uh, winter uh, in order to get good competitive bids because we know that there's a tight market out there and a lot of cities doing work and so um, that's kind of the timing on on that do uh will there be more input from the public on this uh will they have more opportunities and how would they if you do have uh uh you know before you get it finalized can mm-hmm. can they still uh, have their have their say at least their uh, two cents worth yeah we mm-hmm. keep we keep uh, updates on our project page so we have uh, online kind of where the feasibility report is and information um, we'll put kind of what the council approved as an update on those um, you know I think you know even though you mentioned there was some interest at the meeting I think that specific to this project there wasn't a whole lot of testimony related to that one was uh, Ziggy's was some discussion over on St. Olaf Avenue um, the railroad crossing there the city's been working for some time they'd actually done a study well before my time I'm not sure maybe a decade ago taking a look at is there a way to do safety improvements along the railroad that would allow then the railroads not to blow their horns through town which can disrupt sleep and other things and you've got people staying in hotels right next to the railroad every living thing within a mile's radius <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a very hot topic when i first came to the city it seemed like the council was talking about it yeah. quite a bit and then but we've actually had a number of projects over in that area so the city council's been approving as we've done these projects on third street on second street we got some state bonding dollars to help do upgrades um, to the intersections at the railroad to if we get enough of them done then we can make an application and get a certification the probably the biggest one is in 20 the uh, highway 19 project we're working with mindot and they do an overlay in a couple of years to see if we can get a quiet uh, designation improvements there and um, the, the, but sometimes it's a little tricky so on olaf avenue typically what you do is you put a median 100 feet back and then you have the stop arms that go down basically making it harder restricts vehicles to make sure that they're stopped and can't go around the arms basically well ziggy's there on the corner it's a major access and if you're all familiar with that location it's it's a little tricky they've got their you know their people that bring in the petroleum or the gas and um it 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 causes some issues there and it would kind of block the ability to come in off of olaf avenue and then take a left into their property if we had that median so that was left open for further review there was actually some motions that didn't pass of the council and got amended uh, to, to to leave that open, I guess, for further engineering to come back for discussion. So that's I'd, I'd say on that on this project, that's probably the most significant one that's left. You know, I think the bike lanes gave some direction on on that, and the uh, pedestrian improvements. There seem to be generally consensus on most of those, um, but that's definitely one that I think will be coming back. And they did the last two meetings. Ziggy's did have uh, the business owners uh, at, in attendance to testify. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, the carbon-free electric strategy was discussed. That was item number uh, two on the regular agenda. What? Uh, where's the discussion, and uh, what? Where did that lead to? Yes. Uh, Sorry, go, you go, Mayor. <laughs> I'll just give the very high level and let let Mr. Marty take care of the details. So we have our climate action plan. One of the goals of that climate action plan is that we would be 100% carbon-free electricity by 2030. So this was that update, and there was some additional ask of the council 
on where do you want to go with this? And from a policy perspective, what's what's important to you? What's not quite as important to you? Or, and what's that? those areas that, you know, they just really don't matter? So what's your strategy? How do you want to move forward with this? And Ms. Callistad really brought forward uh, not only an update, but really an ask of the council that um, – that opportunity for us to give direction on where do we go from here and uh, so then I'll let Ben kind of finish up there clean up clean up my mess right <laughs> <laughs> yeah as we look at our, our overall uh, community emissions on our goals uh, the city actually makes up about four percent of the total of those uh, uh, yeah. emissions however in, in however we're the leaders in this and asking for it. So we're, we're looking at our own house first, I guess, before we go too far down the road on, on the community. We are certainly offering incentives like rebate programs. We're partnering with XL Energy to give some, uh, you know, lighting upgrades with, uh, with businesses and things. But so as we do our own city work, most of our electricity usage comes from the wastewater plant is the biggest one. And then the water plant's the other one. We're going to be having a water plant study uh, coming next week for discussion. And, um, that could involve building a new water plant. And so we're looking at sustainability design with that project. And we've also done some capital improvement planning with the wastewater plant as well. But those are the two biggest ones. So we're looking at the facility upgrades to take advantage of that city hall. Um, we're looking to convert over to LEDs. Um, and uh, lighting is kind of the easy one. But as we as we're going to be working with a consultant to maybe strategize how to kind of meet those goals part of it could be like buying power so like we invested in 38 percent of our power that we get from the city we invested in some solar projects with that through a community garden um so do we do more of that do we look at on-site solar on our buildings do we look at geothermal um, on some of our projects potentially so we're going to be talking about what are some of our goals? Is it kind of life cycle cost goals? Is it just simply we want to do we want to invest what it costs to get our carbon down immediately? So we're going to be having some discussions about prioritization and and how quickly we move to try and meet those goals. All right, let's move on. Uh, we you also discussed the rental code last night. The uh, city attorney's office has taken a look at the rental code and uh, said, well, you know, it's kind of all over the place right now. Uh, you know, through the years there have been changes and amendments to that and uh uh it's kind of hodgepodge mm -hmm. right now so uh you've uh, the uh, city has been looking at that tell us about that mm -hmm. so last night was that first presentation uh, back to the council on where we're at in the process city staff and uh Alyssa harrington from our city attorney's office have really been working at this for a couple years now I think that HRA provided some resources to help get this up and off the ground and, and running. Worked with WSB and Associates for some of this work as well. As I came on as mayor back in 2016, one of the, I think it must have been within a first year or something, we were um, notified, I would say, or um, contacted about issues that we had in one of our um multifamily um, rental homes, apartment buildings, and uh, the, the lack of ability for tenants to be able to get that address to ensure that they were living within a building that was acceptable, up to acceptable standards. So our rental licensing program and code right now 
does not provide us the opportunities for us to go in and really work with the landlords to ensure that updates are made to the buildings. So a lot of the, the recommendations that came out of this updating to today's standards, really from a, more of a tenant perspective, tenant rights, of and making sure that the rights of our tenants are really protected, looking at uh, nuisance ordinance and primarily that in, from that enforcement perspective with our rental licensing program. So a lot of material presented there last night. There will be additional opportunities and presentations. I believe next steps are to go back to the stakeholders uh, within the city to give presentations, get their feedback and input, go back to the HRA, and come back to the council again probably at least one additional time before uh, the council will actually ask be be asked to vote on actual ordinance language. All right. Now, who's uh, within the city? Who's going to be working on that? It's primarily our community development department that's leading this. So our community development director and our building official also serves as the responsible party overseeing the rental programming. So um, the, the, from a staff standpoint, that's who's involved. We are running some of this by our housing and redevelopment authority as kind of a pre-advisory group to go to the council to maybe see if there's any input to get some additional policy input as we as we go back. But uh, So they're involved in it as well. But a lot of it's kind of pretty heavy in the legal side, as the mayor said, um, we're really our rental program is really just kind of based in basic health safety type of um, provisions uh, to to really provide that safe housing, quality housing. So the ch the changes include things like giving us some fine abilities from staff rather than just doing criminal actions. It kind of also changes our inspection program to go away from kind of a one size fits all. That if we identify multiple issues in a tenant building. We have more inspections that will be done on a more regular basis to do follow-up to, to try and stay on top of issues. But if you get a clean bill and it's no issue, which the vast majority of our apartments come into that category, then you're on a longer-term cycle for a re-inspection too, unless we get complaints. And so it's probably just, it's a modernization, I would say. It's a simplification and just making it more clear in our code to understand the standards with it as well. There are also, with those fines, I should say, an appeal process. So we're going to be talking about the council about in those cases that they get appeals on some of these issues, we need to have a due process for that. Do we have the council do it? Do we have an independent um, uh, hearing officer that's assigned to do that, like an attorney who's independent? Um, or there might be a couple other options that the attorney will be coming back with as well. But um, it's a, it's um, this isn't real, uh, I guess, exciting work, but <laughs> it's important work, yeah. I guess, for the city, and there's a lot of technical components to it. Mm -hmm. All right. We are out of time. Right. Thank you so much for coming in. Much yeah. appreciated. Enjoy the feud of Jesse James days, and we'll see you back again, uh, I guess, next week. Yes, sounds good. And check out that Back to the Future video. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Mardig. We've got uh, Tim McNiff, News with a Side of Sports, coming up.